0: Krishna Movement well, and husband of our temple president who is out of town right now. She's in Florida. Out no. so, of oh, Washington, D.C. <laughs> now, here's a public service announcement from our Allen applause for the Kirtan. Lit it up. Yeah, you got the lights. <laughs> so, pardon our electrical difficulties we're experiencing at the moment. On the weekend, we couldn't get the proper expert electrician to come. So, but you saw how the lights were very dim, and then in the middle of the kirtan, all of a sudden everything got brighter. And then se- that is the same phenomenon that happens with the sleeping conditioned souls when they hear the holy name of Krishna. Everyone is sleeping in the lap of a witch called Maya. And then Lord Chaitanya comes and brings his chanting of Hare Krishna, and he wakes up the conditioned souls. Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago, chandra Bholi. Kota Nidra Jao Maya Pisa Chita Koli. That's a song sung by Bhakti Vinod Thakur in Bengali that explains how in the early mornings, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was present on this earth about 500 years ago, would take to the streets of the cities and towns and villages in the Nabodovip area, chanting the Maha Mantra with his Kirtan party: Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari Hari. He would call out, Jeev Jago, Jeev Jago, wake up sleeping souls. The night has come to an end. The sun is rising. So please arise from your sleep in the lap of the witch Maya and arise and chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra to awaken to spiritual realization. So, not recording? Only that? (laughs) All right. So this is a song that was sung by Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who lived in the 19th century. And we owe a huge debt of gratitude to Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Um, Because since the time of Teytanya Mahaprabhu, Lord Chaitanya, the incarnation of Krishna, who taught us to develop our love of Krishna by chanting the holy name, disappeared. Um, there was some apparent diminution of the uh, spreading of the Hare Krishna mantra, but then in the, and there were disreputable persons who were claiming to represent Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but who actually had no idea of what he actually taught the conclusions of his philosophy, or how to follow and practice that. There are many deviant sects. uh, But Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur changed all that. He was such a great devotee that he single-handedly rescued the Krishna consciousness movement from obscurity. And uh, he even began to write books in English, because that was the time of the British Raj, and he was English educated. And he wrote, during his lifetime, over 100 books in English, Bengali, and Sanskrit, um, explaining and clarifying and making this philosophy of Krishna consciousness, which has so long been hidden within the secret vaults of the Vedic literature, available. Even one of his books in the year 1896 became part of the library of McGill University in Montreal. Uh, coincidentally, that was the same year that our Srila Prabhupada took his birth in Calcutta. And Srila Prabhupada continued this work of Bhaktivinoda Thakur by spreading the Hare Krishna movement all over the world. And that was predicted by Lord Chaitanya that as many towns and villages there are on the surface of the earth, one day in all of them, the holy names will be vibrated and the Krishna consciousness movement will spread. And Srila Prabhupada um, made this prediction come true, he brought it to pass, starting single-handedly in 1965 when he came to New York on a steamship freighter with free uh, passage and no money, and he didn't know anybody in America. Yet he began to preach at age 70, amazingly enough, this Hare Krishna movement and within a dozen years had spread it all over the earth. Amazing. Truly an empowered servant of Krishna. So Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he wanted to help people understand how to live in this material world, but not as a foolish conditioned soul, blind to self-realization, but how to live perfectly and happily, following and practicing the science of bhakti, as explicated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu some uh, 400 years before him. Uh, So, and sometimes that is a a perplexity for those who uh, begin to uh, develop a slight interest in Krishna consciousness, but do not know how to apply it to their lives. Because the art of bhakti, uh, when one becomes... uh, a little bit uh, habituated to practicing bhakti. One can understand what is to be done and what is not to be done. Therefore, we have titled today's talk, Navigating the Illusion, because the world we live in is very much an illusory world in which everyone is thinking, I am this body or the mind, and that trying to satisfy the body, the mind, and the senses is the goal of life. But actually everyone is in a very precarious position, a very dangerous position, because now we are in a good position. We're an eternal spirit soul, and we have this human form of life, which is the only form of life, the only species in which we can um, make progress, spiritually, in self-realization. But in all the other species of life, and according to the Vedas, there are 8,400,000 species of life. Um, One cannot make progress in the body of a tree, a dog, a germ, uh, a rhinoceros. Uh, There are so many forms of life. Uh, Within each of those bodies is a spirit soul, the same as us. But now we have this human form of life. So that is a uh, very rare opportunity. It's explained by Prahlad Maharaj that Komara Acharet Pragyo Darman Bhagavataiha, Durlabam Manusham Janma. This human birth, Manusha, in the human form. Janma means birth. Durlabam. It is. It is rare. It is actually difficult to be in the human form of life, because there are so many species of life, and in all those other species, one is simply controlled by the modes of nature. You're on autopilot. You can't really learn and appreciate how to practice bhakti. Although occasionally, sometimes animals come in contact with the Krishna conscious movement and they perform acts of devotional service, which guarantees them a human form in their next life. But because of we are so busy, especially in this modern age, which is considered to be the most fallen of all the ages, the age of quarrel, strife and hypocrisy, It's like an ocean. (laughs) This current age is an ocean, but it is an ocean not of water. It is an ocean of faults. Hypocrisy, quarrel, hot wars, cold wars, bickering, disagreement. uh, Those are the qualities that characterize this age. And therefore, it's a very difficult age. And most people will not make spiritual progress. And that means back again into the cycle of birth and death, into various species of life. That means the human form of life is gone, the opportunity wasted. And that is the case for most people who do not make progress on the path of Krishna consciousness. If we are able to make some progress, that is very good for us. dharmasya That saves one, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, from the most uh, dangerous type of fear Trayate mahatobaya. Baya means fear. Mahata, the greatest fear. What is the greatest fear for the living entity? To lose the human form of life and go back again into the different species of life. That's called samsara, or the cycle of birth and death. So right now we're in a very good position. We have this human form. So we can inquire. And the, the Vedas exhort us, atato brahma jigas, Now that you have this human form of life, do not mess around. Do not play around with Maya. But uh, atato brahma jigyas. Brahma means spiritual knowledge. Jigyas, to inquire. One must inquire, now that one has this human body, into the uh, spiritual knowledge, which will give one liberation uh, or elevate one. And if one makes progress on this path, then he will or she will be able to take at least another human body. But better than that is to not take another birth at all and regain our spiritual identity and go back home, back to Godhead. So Bhakti Anotakura was practically teaching uh, this concept of how to live in the material world. Like the saying is that we are in this material world, but we are not of this material world because we are spirit. We are the spirit soul, the pure living entity, who is a spiritual spark of the supreme. Uh, But we have forgotten our identity. So the greatest thing, the mission actually of human form of life is to once again um, regain our spiritual identity. Otherwise, back down you go. And who knows how long it may take. It may take millions and billions of births to come again to the human form of life. It's very difficult, like we said. It is very difficult. <inaudible> so now we've now we got it. We're in, a, we're in a great position. So what are we going to do with this human form of life? We're going to utilize it to inquire into the spiritual values and make progress, or we're going to let the opportunity slip away because we're too busy enjoying. And that is the illusion of Maya. So how to navigate that illusion now that we've gotten this treasured uh, rare species. You know how many living entities are on the planet Earth? Just the termites alone like outnumber the humans by like zillions and billions to a, a huge factor. That's just the termites. Then there's the mites. They're found in the floating in the clouds above Mount Everest and at the lowest altitudes. One time I was staying in a room and I got some mites. And I went to the libraries before the internet and I looked it up and it's amazing they can live in fire and they can live in the cold high altitudes and they, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're taking over. <laughs> so those are all spirit souls. All those billions of mites and termites and ants, what to speak of the microbes, the viruses, the germs, they way outnumber the human beings. They're the majority. We're in the minority. We think we're big and tough because we can build buildings. And drive cars and, you know, have the internet, we think, oh yes, we are very advanced. But we are outnumbered. So Bhakti Vinod Thakur gave this very nice example that in order to progress on spiritual life, you have your material life, which is this body which requires maintenance, work, resources, so many things just to live. You have to eat, you have to work, you have to have shelter, clothing. Uh, There's so many duties one has to perform in relation to this body just to maintain it and be healthy and live. But then, and that's what most people do, that's it. That and some sense gratification. But also we have to have spiritual inquiry, spiritual practice. In other words, Krishna consciousness. So Bhakivinoda Thakur compares that to the train. The train runs on two tracks. This is before the invention of the monorail. We have to remember this is in the 19th century, but he gave this beautiful analogy. So the train cannot want, run on one track. It won't go anywhere. Finished. You take away one side of the track like they did in the old cowboy movies that blow up the train track. Train won't go. Train stops. And the, in this human form of life, our mission is to keep this train running in the proper direction, back home, back to God in. So it requires two tracks, the spiritual side and the material side. And one has to understand the subtleties of how to balance this. I mean, the most important thing is the spiritual side. But it is also important to keep the body healthy and maintain it so that one has good energy to practice spiritual life. And that is the proper utilization of our life energy. So this is a very nice example because the British, you know, in the 19th century, they built the trains all over India and connected it. Whereas formerly it was very agricultural and rural, but then they connected everything and began to expand their empire through the transportation of the train. So a very nice analogy, if you've ever ridden train, you know, has to go on two tracks. Can't just go on one track. So you can't just be a materialist and you can't be all just, you know, uh, spiritual and not take care of necessities and business and practicality. Srila Prabhupada was a very practical person, very practical person. He knew how to engage the material energy in the service of Krishna, and he taught us that art, that science. And that is the whole mission of the Krishna consciousness movement, is to make this knowledge available to everyone, and to benefit everyone spiritually, so that again, living entities are not cast down into the cycle of birth and death. In the Padma Purana, there is one nice verse, there are many nice verses. The Padma Purana has over 60,000 verses. Um, that states, Sarvopati Vinirmuktam tat Twina nirmalam Rishikesha sevanim bhakti Uchate. So devotional service, sevana, service to Krishna, that is the spiritual path um, that enlightens us and saves us from the dark well of material existence sarva upadhi one must become free from one's uh, sarva upadhi, all one's designations. What are these designations? They're all in relation to the body. I am this body, uh, I have certain color eyes, certain color hair, I'm born in a certain country, born in a certain family, I think of myself in a certain way. That's all upanis or external things to the soul. So sarva upadhi one must become free from misidentifying oneself as those different designations. I am man. I am woman. I am black. I am white. I am Indian. I am an American. I live in Tucson. All these things are temporary. uh, And they are actually superfluous to the spirit self. So, rishikena, rishikesha. He says that one has to engage the senses, which are called rishika, rishikena, rishikesha, in the service of Rishikesh, that is a name for Krishna or God, which means He's the master of all the senses. So when our senses are perfectly dovetailed with the senses of God, in other words, with God's desires, when we dovetail our desires, giving up our little tiny independence, by which we become so proud and think we're so great, and little tiny little independence. But actually, what, what independence you have. You, you can't even breathe on your own. If you try to stop your breathing, then you fall unconscious and you start breathing again. It's not in your control. So many things about the senses and this body. But when the senses are dovetailed and engaged in the service of Rishikesha, the master of the senses, the Lord, then bhakti uh, that is called bhakti or pure devotional service in love with God. And that is the process we are teaching here. Um, The Bhakti Thakur himself had 14 children. He was a district magistrate, which is a very big position in India. It's like state Supreme Court judge, same as what we have here, like in Arizona. Uh, And he heard many cases every day. He had 14 children. He wrote 100 books. How did he do all that? He had a very, very strict schedule of sleeping. I always slept four hours a day, 8 p.m. to midnight. He would rise and write. And um, he took care of all his children. One of his children was the great devotee, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who was also known as Srila Prabhupada, his disciples. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati is the spiritual master of our Srila Prabhupada. Um, And he was an amazing personality. He was a lifelong celibate. Um, He had an eidetic memory, perfect memory. He read a lot of books. He was, for a while, uh, the um, the pundit in the court of one king who had a big, big library, and he was engaged in educating the royal family, the children. Uh, so he read all the books in that library, and the king was a very rich man with a very big library. He read all those books, and he remembered every single word he read. He had instant recall. They called him Living Encyclopedia, and no one could defeat him. And he was a very powerful speaker and a very powerful spiritually influential personality and he revived the Krishna consciousness movement and spread it all over India and then one of his disciples the most prominent was is our own Srila Prabhupada who further took those teachings and spread them all over the world uh, by printing and distributing books of Vedic literature and he instructed Srila Prabhupada originally in 1922 when Prabhupada was a young man of, of 26 years old that you're an educated young man you need to understand this krishna consciousness and then spread it all over the world in english they had just met they had just met one minute and he gave that instruction prabhupada prabhupada was a follower of gandhi at that time you know who will hear who will hear our spiritual philosophy because we are dependent we are subjugated by the british so who will listen to us We have no influence, no power in the world. We're just a, you know, controlled society by the British government. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati said, but Krishna consciousness is too important. It can't wait for political change. It has to be done immediately. It's the most important thing. Just like when a fire breaks out in the house, you don't start talking about, well, you know, whatever caused the fire, and then fire has this effect; it burns. Out. No, no, no! You get out of the house, and if someone is in the house and they don't speak your language, you grab them by the arm and you pull them out. So um, we condition living entities are like that. We're stuck in this fire. This fire repeated birth and death. But the spiritual master, who gives us spiritual knowledge, he's like an ocean of mercy, like a rain cloud. When there's a big forest fire. The big, big fire brigades can come, but they can't control the fire like we had these big fires in California. But when it rains, then it puts out the fire. So the spiritual master is like the rain cloud of mercy. He rains down Krishna's mercy, God's mercy on us in the form of spiritual knowledge. Then we become enlightened and we can escape this uh, cycle, this samsara, repeated birth and death, going through the various species of life. Another verse from the Padma Purana states, Krishna um, That the holy name of Krishna and all the subject matters associated, like the words of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, that enlighten us in yoga, is actually beyond the reach of our material senses. However, on Muke jiva Dao, when we begin to render service to the Lord, beginning with the tongue, Jiva means tongue, Jiva adi. beginning with the tongue and then all the other senses following in that line, in the tongue, belly, genitals, everything comes in a straight line. on Muke jiva Dao, one becomes liberated from the illusions of our material existence by. Engaging the tongue in the service of Krishna. What is that? Uh, Engaging the tongue? That is chanting the holy names of Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Rama. And that is one business of the tongue, is to vibrate sound. Another business of the tongue is to taste. Everyone is very much attached to using the tongue to taste. So when we take the prasadam, food that is cooked with love and devotion and offered to Krishna and then received back, that's called prasadam. That's what we serve out here at Govindas. Not just ordinary food, not just ordinary vegan food, not just ordinary vegetarians. We're not vegans. We're not vegetarians. We're Krishnatarians. <laughs> we take only what is offered to Krishna. That's called Krishna Prashad. The word prashad means mercy. So that food which is offered to Krishna with love and devotion. That's what we do here. We cook a lot. And we offer everything to Krishna. And you will be able to experience this in about 35 minutes after the lecture and the kirtan. So that is the method of bhakti yoga. Sevan Mukhe hijiva dao. Beginning with the tongue. And then gradually all the other senses. There was one great king uh, mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam. His name was Maharaj Ambarish. He didn't engage only his tongue, he engaged all his senses in the service of the Lord. mana Krishna His mind. Mana. Mana means mind. Savai Mana Krishna He engaged his mind in thinking about Aravinda, Pada Aravinda, the lotus feet of the Lord, which are very beautiful like a lotus flower. But his tongue. He engaged in here in chanting the subject matters of the spiritual world, bachamsi vaikunta, gunan of Arnane, guna means qualities. He talked about the qualities and the activities in the pastimes of the Lord that take place in the spiritual world, which are revealed in the scriptures. He used his legs in walking to the temple. He used his hands in cleaning the temple. He, he tasted the tulsi leaves that were offered at the lotus feet of the Lord. Uh, he engaged his sense of touch also in... Touching the devotees, hugging the devotees, patting them on the shoulder. He was always in the association of devotees. In this way, he engaged all of his senses perfectly in the service of the Lord. So he is a perfect bhakti yogi. This is the process that Rishikena Rishikesha, engaging the senses in the service of the Lord. Ordinarily, our senses are engaged in so many nonsense things. Like there might be more people here, but there's a football game on TV. So everyone is going, oh, let's see. And then they're eating the popcorn, drinking, and so many things. Um, Instead of following in the footsteps of Maharaj Ambarish. But all of you are very intelligent, obviously, because you've all come here uh, to engage your senses in the service of the Lord. That is very wonderful. So this is the life of Maharaj Ambarish. And he is only following the same thing that Krishna is explaining in Bhagavad Gita. Everyone knows Bhagavad Gita? Everyone knows Bhagavad Gita. Wow, what a group. <laughs> Wonderful. So in Bhagavad Gita, <coughs> in the ninth chapter, Krishna says, Yad Karoshi, Yad Asnasi, Yad Dadasi, Yad Tapasya Syakondaya, Tat Um Arpanam. Yad Karoshi, whatever you do, Yereshnasi whatever you eat. Yachjed whatever you offer. Dadasya, whatever you give away in charity. Yetepasasi whatever austerities you perform. We all perform many austerities in life. Like if you want to become successful as a student, you have to study and get good grades and do your homework. And that's austerity. If you want to do if you want to accomplish anything, you have to perform some austerities. Ask any musician. You want to become expert you have to follow the three rules practice 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 right those are the three rules of music <clears throat> if you want to be good and if you want to become accomplished so krishna is saying all these things you do tad do that as an offering unto me unto god he's saying <coughs> So everything we do, this is the example of Maharaj Ambrija, everything he did, he did in pure devotion and love for Krishna, not to satisfy his senses, but rishikena, rishikesha, to satisfy the senses of the supreme proprietor and master of the senses. So we are bringing this message (coughs) to everyone. Sometimes people don't appreciate (coughs) And Srila Prabhupada, he gives the example, there's a man and he's on the roof and he's flying the kite, he's having a good time, but he's getting a little close to the edge. So another person who can see very clearly everything's going on said, my dear sir, you're getting close to the edge of the roof, be careful, I don't want you to fall off and get hurt. And he says, why are you disturbing me? I'm flying my kite very nicely. He doesn't want to be disturbed. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want to know about the danger because he's absorbed in his illusion of thinking that he's happy. <clears throat> and then if he actually falls off the roof, he says to the man who warned him, oh, you must be a great mystic yogi. You can predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw you near the edge of the roof. You're going to fall off, dummy. <laughs> so uh, the Christian conscious movement is warning people, don't waste this human form of life. You're getting close to the edge, as confirmed by the lights flickering. I think we need to have another kirtan to make the lights bright again, like what happened earlier. The lights were dim, we chanted hard cushion. everything Everything got very bright. Uh, But tonight we're having a very intimate gathering with low lights because our electricity is on the fritz. (laughs) There's one song where Bhakti Mano Thakur sings. Manusa de ho, geho, joki to more Arpilun tuva padde, Nundaki shore, Arpilun tuva padde, Nundaki shore. He says, Manusa, my mind, Deha, my body, uh, Geho, whatever I have. Uh, I've surrendered at your lotus feet, O son of Nanda Maharaj. In good fortune or in bad, in life or in death, (coughs) all my difficulties have disappeared by choosing those lotus feet of yours as my only shelter. Kill me or protect me as you wish. Marobi, Rakobi. You can kill me, you can protect me. You're God, do whatever you like, but I shall remain uh, your eternal servant. That is the sense of Krishna consciousness. God is the master, and we are his eternal servants. That's a little difficult for some people to swallow because they think, I am the master, I am the Lord. There is no God, there is only you and what you can do. This is uh, explained in Vedic literature. It's called a philosophy F O O L. Foolosophy. Thinking that there is no God, I am God. And that's all there is. In a death everything is finished. Confirmed by the lights again. Have- <laughs> I got a little switch under here. <clears throat> I can read this better now. If it is your will that I be born again, it may be may it be in the home of a devotee. Because if one takes his birth in a family of devotees, he has so many nice opportunities to advance in Krishna consciousness. That's explained in Bhagavad Gita Suchi Nam matamagehe. Jogo Brashto Vidayate. Gehe means a home. Um, If one doesn't finish his practice of yoga, then he may get the opportunity to take birth. nam In a family of Brahmanas. Srimatam Gehe. Srimatam means very rich family. Big vaishas who have so much money. Then the, the children of the rich people, they do have an opportunity. They have time and resources that they can use for spiritual advancement. Although usually they just... Piddle it away on uh, mere sensual pleasure. Uh, may, I be born, may I be born again, even as a worm, as long as I remain your devotee. I yearn for the company of that devotee who is completely devoid of all desire for worldly enjoyment or liberation. Father, mother, lover, son, lord, preceptor, and husband, you are everything to me. Takur Bhakti Mino Thakur says, O Kana, which is the name of Krishna, Please hear me, O Lord of Radha, you are my life and soul. bhakti Kahi, shunokana radhanathatua humara parana. You are my life and soul. So this is a very nice poem of Surrender. Uh, And he teaches very nicely this process of surrender. And one of the... There are six elements of surrender called Sharanagati in Sanskrit. One of the items of surrender is to... Accept everything that is favorable for advancing in spiritual life and reject those things which are unfavorable. But this requires training and instruction, education. Again, that is what we do in the Hare Krishna movement. How to accept all things favorable for the service of Krishna and leave aside those things which are impediments. So we'll stop here. Thank you for your kind attention. Any questions, comments, realizations... Reflections, criticisms, arguments. No No questions? Surely some doubt must be plaguing you. Yes? Um, so you said two things. One, that uh, only humans can follow the tracks of both the spiritual... Life while they live in this world, and then you also said later that to be born into a human family that is uh, devoted is an extra boon for that. Oh yeah, that's uh, soul. That's a wonderful thing. What if? Uh, do you believe that um, an animal that comes to live with a family also has an extra boon to potentially? That's, right. that's correct. Move on to a human. Existence. Yeah, yeah, if, if some animal comes into contact with Krishna consciousness, then he gets a chance in his next life to become a human being and further pursue the path. We had one cat here, many years ago I was visiting here, about 20 years ago, and there was one cat, temple cat, around the temple, get, you know, rice and prasadam from the devotees. And one morning, it's very auspicious to circumambulate the temple, and we have a path that goes all the way around the temple. So I was chanting my rounds early in the morning, about four o'clock in the morning, and then the cat came up, and I said, Meow, And he went, Meow! And so I said, Come on, kitty! He thought I was gonna feed him. So he followed me around the temple. And in the Vedic system, you circumambulate the, te- the temple three times. He followed me around once. I said, Come on, kitty! Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna! He said, All right, so he came around again. And then a the third time, he circumambulated the temple. I was astonished. Cats usually don't follow you around anyway. You know, after 10 seconds, they lose interest and find something else. You know, a dog will follow you around, but a cat, they don't follow you around. They do their own thing. He circumvented temple three times. I was astonished. Wow. Okay. Human birth guaranteed for that cat. <laughs> now, that was 20 years ago. He may be one of the children in our community. Now. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but these things are going on. Stranger things have happened. And I used to have a cat, right before I became a devotee, Albert the Cat lived on the front porch of our house. And we go to the temple for the Sunday feast, and they had the very nice sweet rice made with cooked milk and rice and sugar. And we used to feed that to Albert the Cat. Uh, that was back in the 1970s. So he may be one of you. I do not know. But Albert the Cat loves sweet rice and however much we brought back, he would consume every bit. Fully enthusiastic to take every drop, every bite, so so yeah. And this way the Krishna conscious movement benefits more than the human beings because we give an opportunity for even the animals to get the mercy of Krishna. Our birds in the aviary, every morning when they get breakfast, First of all, they get leftover prasadam, rice, salad. They have a very nice diet. They're very happy. And in their next life, they'll all be the devotees in the temple after we're gone. You know, in a hundred years, it'll be all all those lovebirds. They're going to be devotees right here. You know, the maintenance guy, uh, the pujari, the cook, the administrator, the mechanic, everything they'll be doing for Krishna because they got so much prasadam in this life, the peacocks, the ring-necked parrots, even Prana, the golden pheasant with his beautiful orange and gold feathers. All right, so we'll stop right here. Thank you very much. Hare 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 Krishna. And now it's time for the kirtan. And we'll have an offering of auspicious articles to the Lord and chant the holy names in great enthusiasm. And then very soon we will have the feast. And thank you all very much. Howdy, Christian. I recorded you with the video, but we still have internet issues. So I get a better I get a better. Well, I noticed when we plug in the last the mic and put it on here, it's a much better recording. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because that's what you did on Thursday, and it sounds really good. Oh, yeah, I can do that, too. That's easy sure i didn't think about that and the only reason i brought that lav mic is because i was going to test out the, the vimeo and since it was already hooked up i just plugged it in but i'll do that yeah